And today, uh, for some of you here for the first time, I want to let you know people who are here often are a little confused because they don't have sermon notes. I don't have an iPad and we don't have a table up here. And uh, and I was asked this morning, do you have anything? (laughs) And I was like, I hope I do. I hope I have something to say. So today I just want to tell you a story. That's it. Um, A couple of weeks ago, a week or two ago, I uh, was talking with the Lord. I just said, Lord, I don't want the pressure to perform. You know, don't want to have to feel a pressure to perform anytime I preach any longer. And uh, I felt the Lord set me free of that. It's kind of something personal and doing in me. And in some of that, uh, really just felt like in that leading, that I just wanted to share a story with you today. And I've shared this story with a few people recently, just at different points in my life. And every time I have, I never, people say, I, I never heard that, you know. And so today, I just thought, how could, how could no one ever told you this story? And so I just want to tell you uh, a story today. It's about a guy who, who lived, walked the earth about 2,000 years ago. Um, this guy is, is born, and uh, some people would call him Yeshua, or some translations it could be translated Joshua or Josh. And this is a guy who, who did live. In fact, nobody questions his existence. No different than you don't question people in history's existence who lived before your time. This, this man did live. And he had a normal childhood, you know, like many of us. And if you have children, um, you know, playing, hanging out with friends, doing stuff in the neighborhood, in fact, on one occasion, his parents lost him. How many of you have ever lost a child at a mall or at a grocery store? Raise your hand high just so I feel like you empathize with me. We have four. We lose them all the time. We even lose them in our own house. You know? You're like, where did they go? So, so he had a normal childhood, you know? And around the age of 30... Somewhere like that, 29, 30, 31. He ends up starting to say stuff that's a little crazy. At least to most people listening. He starts to say things like, you know, he has this father that no one knows about, and he, he came from this place with his father, and he was here before creation was here, and he starts to say a lot of really interesting things. Now, I'm just here to tell you what he said. He said that he was from this place and started to make statements that he was like one with God. And then he makes a statement, and one guy who listens to this or hears about it writes it down, and this guy Josh, Joshua, right, we're going to Call him Josh for now, if you would. He he says this statement, and it blows people away. He makes a statement, and he says, I am truth. Hold on. when, When you say you're truth, what do you mean? I want to ask you a question. And this is something for you to think about. Who 
decides what's male and female? I mean, if you decide what is a male and a female, and I decide what is a male and a female, if what you say is true, but I say something different, and I say something is true, then you just have your truth and I have my truth. If you decide it and I decide it. If you decide what's true and I decide what's true, then there's no truth because it's just whatever's true to you. Who decides what's murder? Or think of all kinds of other things, right? But let's just take murder, for example. What if you said, it's not? And I say, it is. And I have my truth and you have your truth. So then there's no truth. So how do you decide what's actually true? This guy said he decides. You don't have to believe him. I'm just telling you what he said. He said he's truth. He said he decides. In fact, he goes on to say all truth for all time. In other words, every word that comes out of my mouth is actually truth, which also means that no one else has the right to say that. You can say true things, but you don't decide what's true. I do. I am truth. And people are frustrated with that, and they don't like that. They think he's nuts and crazy. The audacity that you decide what's true, that's what he says. And then it gets really interesting. He ends up going to a wedding, as some people say, and he was at this wedding, and they run out of wine, and all they have is water. Guy walks over and turns the water into wine. And people are thinking, who is this guy? That's crazy. That was kind of cool, right? You ever seen David Blaine and Chris Angel, those kind of guys? They know? Yeah? Anybody see David Blaine do some stuff and you went, that's crazy. How do you do that? You know? That's what people are thinking. They're trying to really just figure this out. How did he pull that off? That was pretty cool. Maybe he's a magician. And then he kind of goes a little further and he starts licking his fingers, spitting on his hands and like rubbing people's eyes who are blind and then they see. And so of course people are like spreading this story around like this, it's pretty crazy. And then people start coming to him from all over the place. Maybe he'll heal me. And dads are bringing their daughters. Women are reaching out for him, trying to touch him, hoping that they would get healed of different sicknesses and diseases. And he heals them. I mean, it happens. And people are having a hard time believing this stuff. They're like, oh, how could you heal somebody? Is that true? Did he really heal you? No, prove it, prove it, prove it. And then this guy who couldn't walk starts walking, and this guy who couldn't see, no, 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 look, I can see now. And they're even questioning whether or not those people are real. They're like, no, you can't be the same. There's just so much confusion in all of this. 
who is this guy? Well, then one time, this guy walks on water. And the people who heard about him, who were kind of following him around, they see him walking on water. They write it down. They can't believe what their eyes are seeing. And they're trying to figure out, is there plexiglass, you know, underneath this thing? Has he got a rope attached to him? But in their context, of course, they don't have those materials. So they, they think the only thing they knew to think. We must be hallucinating. We, this got to be like a ghost, you know? It's because this doesn't make sense. Nobody can walk on water. And then he does something else that's pretty incredible. He starts to tell these people who are following him that he's going to die soon. And he starts to describe how it might happen or how it's going to happen. And he talks about one of his closest friends is going to betray him. And of course, that friend is thinking, no way, I've been following you. I'm not going to betray you. And he does. And it happens. Guy who said would betray him does. This is a true story. Like, this happened in history. Nobody debates the existence of this man. Not that he lived. Nope. People don't even debate much that he actually said this stuff. Most would agree that he actually said it. This actually happened. And he predicts his own death. Now, just pause with that in your mind. This is where it gets really, really interesting. Like, about 700 years before this man was ever born, there was a guy who lived. And he wrote down about 700 years before this man, you know his name, Jesus, ever was born. He wrote that this man would be born and where he would be born and what would occur. And it happened. I mean, that's crazy, right? <laughs> like, you got to just, what? Maybe it was just one guy that got lucky, you know? Maybe he just took a lucky guess and it happened just like he said. And there was another guy. About 200 years later, another guy named Zechariah writes about this man, Jesus. In fact, over a span of like a thousand years, different men at different points in history write about this man, Jesus, and how he's going to be born, and what he's going to do, and how he's going to die. And it happens. It actually happens. Just like those men predicted it would. And this man... 
tells his followers, in a few days, I'm going to be arrested. And that's kind of an easy thing to pull off, though. I mean, any one of you could tell somebody, I'm going to be arrested tomorrow, and then go get yourself arrested. But he tells his friends, I'm going to go get arrested. Then he says, and then they're going to kill me. Starts to tell them about how he's going to die. And in that period of time, the way they would kill you, you were deemed a murderer or lunatic, oftentimes would be through hanging you on a cross. Many people would have died this way. And so he ends up being arrested. And they actually pulled the beard out of his face. And then they took these whips that had hooks on the end and they just start beating him. This guy never killed anyone. Never stole anything. At least on record, no one ever said he did any crime at all. But in their eyes, he was crazy. And he deserved death for talking them. And so this hook would reach into his flesh and pull out pieces of flesh every time they hit him. And then blood is everywhere, of course. And people are cheering for this. Put yourself there. This occurred. No one debates this occurred. People are cheering. Kill him. He's crazy. Then they hang him on a cross. And he hangs there. One more thing that he said. Before he went and hung on the cross, and before he was arrested, he told those who were following him, some of his closest friends, don't worry, I'm going to rise from the dead. Three days after, I go into the tomb. Just imagine... You're sitting there with your family member or friend at a hospital bed, and they look at you and say, don't worry, I'll be back in three days. And then die. No one in this room would believe that it would actually occur, especially after the 24-hour period. You're already making calls for the funeral. 48 hours, you're preparing for a hard day. That's exactly what they did. And then 72 hours went by. And that third day, he pulled it off. Of course, this is where Christianity gets debated. Maybe all that other stuff I just mentioned is just coincidences. But the resurrection changes everything.
because if he actually overcame death, you should probably pay attention to whatever he has to say. So people began to debate. Somebody stole the body. Nobody could pull this off. How do you do that? I want you to know something about this culture. This culture despised a woman's testimony. A woman, her word, her testimony meant nothing. Women were like dogs in this culture. No value. So if you were going to somehow make up this story, and this man really never died, and they were just trying to pull off some really cool magic trick, you wouldn't choose a woman to tell the story. You would choose someone who's credible. Right? That's not what happens. A woman shows up at his gravesite. She discovers that he's gone. And she says, I turned around, saw an angel. Then he spoke to me. And she begins to weep because this man had died. And she starts to reflect back about how he died, and she's just weeping over what happened. And now someone's come in and stolen the body. I mean, goodness, I just watched this man get beat to death, and now you take his body and steal it? How much more do you want this guy to suffer? What's going on? She can't figure it out. Then everything changes for her life in this one moment. He says, Mary, just calls her by name, all of a sudden, she realizes, you pulled it off. And of course, she's thinking what you're thinking, how, do you, how did you do that? Like, how did you pull that off? This is crazy. She runs and starts to tell some of the men, to which the men are thinking, you're a woman, this is, what are you talking about? They didn't. So they run to see for themselves and they discover for themselves that he's gone and then he appears to the men and the men can't believe it. Come on, ladies, you know. Right? Doesn't shock you, does it? How many times, lady, do you have to tell him, I told you, and he's like, yeah, whatever, right? So these men are having a hard time believing this until he does one final thing. He shows them scars. He left the scars. Because you know what scars do. Have scars. Scars tell a story. 
And there he is. Did it. Now, do you believe me? I am truth. And he begins to push on them in that way. Do you believe me? I'm the one who made the world. That's me. What would cause a guy to do all of that? Go through all of that? Well, I'm not going to give you my opinion. I'm just going to tell you what he said. And according to him, he said one word. Love. His reason was because he loves you. That's it. And one guy who ended up following him and believing him that he actually was who he said he was would end up writing this down in a book called Romans. And he said that he demonstrated his love. So he didn't just say it. That he went through all of that crucifixion thing and that he actually came to earth and all of this stuff and he did it because he loves you. Let me say it this way, because he wants you to trust him, to actually believe every word he says. In fact, he makes a promise that if you believe every word that he says, you will never die. Those are his words, not mine. Because he loves you. And he wants you to know that. And so for us, as we hear that story, like many before us, there's only one question. Who do you say he is? Telling the truth? Be crazy. You decide. Now, I will tell you, I think something's happened in our culture. We've really let religion trump the story I just told you. Somehow we've let all this religion stuff take away the story. Christianity, in fact, the very first Christians, Christanos in Greek, right? Christians, people would believe him. They actually trusted everything he said. Those Christians didn't follow a Bible. Followed a person. 
Christianity is rooted in following a person, not a book. And they try to talk like him, walk like him, treat people the way he treated people. That was like their life ambition. How can I serve like he served? How can I give like he gave? How can I care for people the way he cared for people? For the first 400 years or so, after that man, Jesus, died, this is a fact, 400, maybe 500 years, there was no Bible as we know it, leather bounded, printed, ribbons, red letters. It was just a story. That's it. Just like I told you. Just a story. And then people had to make a choice. Who do you say he is? Telling the truth? You're a liar. And then he said this. And I'll invite the band forward. One final thing that he said. He said he's going to come back one day. And he's going to take people with him who trust that he's telling the truth. Who trust him. Who trust him that through him and by trusting in him, that they would have eternal life. And he said, he's going to come back down from heaven and take those who believe in him to come home with him to heaven. That's what he said. Not my opinion. I'm just telling you what he said. And then every one of you gets to make a decision what you do with Jesus. People do not debate his existence. They do debate why he existed. What do you say? You're on one side of the crowd. You only have two options. Either you're yelling crucify him, he's crazy, or you're weeping on your knees. do you say? No pressure. Your choice. Down front, we have some bread and grapes because that guy Jesus told his followers, I want you to do something throughout all generations. I want you to do something to remember me and remember the story. And so he broke some bread and he took a cup of wine as we learned on Good Friday, four glasses. And he did this, and he said, now when you partake of this bread and this wine, this cup, and we have grapes down here, um, I want you to remember me. I want you to remember my story. And so I want to invite you If you believe 
that he was, who he said he was, as a sign of saying, I believe it, as a symbolic way of it, then come up and partake of communion. And if you don't, no stones. I'm not throwing stones at you. Just stay seated. And if you don't know, I have no stones to throw at you.
that's intentional. The story forces response. Who do you say he is? And how you answer that changes everything. yes to that and live like it that's not a beat up that's a lift up and I know this cross is here in front of me and that's intentional because every time you see one of those crosses my hope is you remember the story cross is not a fashion statement. It's a reminder about the one who said, I went through that for you. And I know it's hard to believe. I know. For many years, I let pass in my life. Just couldn't believe someone would do that for me. But he did because he loves you. And he wants you to know that. I believe you.